Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. Michigan football survived Illinois to stay unbeaten, entering an epic showdown with fellow unbeaten and arch rival, Ohio State. Need we tease this episode anymore? I don't think so. So let's do this right here on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be back with you here Monday morning, November 21st. And uh, Michigan beat Illinois. It was it was closer uh, than some thought. Uh, I'm trying to remember your guys' scores predictions. I had it, I had it definitely in double digits. But I had had Illinois covering the number. I know that. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, even lower scoring than I than I think we imagined. Um, Michigan trailed 17 to 10 entering the fourth. Uh, but Jake Moody made a field goal with 12:31 left in the game another with 314 left and the final and game-winning field goal with nine seconds left. Michigan wins, escapes, survives, whatever you want to call it, 19 to 17. What were your thoughts on this one? Well, first, as the week went on, I, I realized that I wanted to redo on my picks because I originally picked Michigan to cover and I think same you know, <laughs> over the number. And then as the week went on, I, I'm just thinking more and more about the game. And I'm like, well, it sounds like Chase Brown's going to play, and it's going to be super cold out, so both teams are going to run the ball. So I'm like, maybe this game is closer than we maybe thought. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Chase Brown looked relatively healthy. I mean, he got almost 30 carries. Um, Illinois was able to move the football. Uh, yeah, and it ended up being a lot closer than I think some maybe fans had hoped, maybe Michigan had hoped, given the fact that they did hold some of the player, some players out. Um, you know, it was a scare. There's no other way to put it. I mean, Michigan... Played well in the first, again, first drive. They're able to go down and, and score. And then after that, they didn't do much of anything. They had to lean on, on Jake Moody. They had to lean on the defense in the second half. And they all came through, which obviously is, is a good thing for Michigan. Uh, but that there was a very real possibility there that, that you know, they, they could have lost that game. They took a punch. And we'd, it was something we had talked about for weeks now, what they what they would do, how they would respond. Um, and give them credit. I mean, they, they bounced back. They turned it around. They, got, they won the game. Um, but it certainly took this time, at least it took all four quarters. Yeah. I mean, after Illinois went up 17 to 10 and then Michigan follows to go three and out after that, it's like, oh boy, like this, uh, this could be, this could be the game that Michigan just lays an egg and, and, and gets their undefeated record ruined by a team they, they should be. But yeah, I, I was really impressed with, with Illinois really on, on both sides of the ball. And and again, Michigan's offense, especially without Blake Corum, it does not, really scare you very much as we saw. I mean, I know they were able to store three field goals in the fourth quarter, but 
after that first drive where they found the the end zone in seven play 75 yard drive it's like all right i mean this is it looks like mission figured it out maybe they're gonna they're gonna take off and and, and pull, pull out a route and then sure enough they didn't find the end zone the rest of the game so yeah important that they they pulled out the win but definitely some question marks moving forward there were you know a hundred thousand plus very cold and very nervous fans inside uh michigan stadium um but yeah we <laughs> i'd say we could discuss what it really would have meant if michigan lost that game but it's pointless we're already going to do some hypotheticals going forward there's no point in looking at hypothetical that that's in the past that didn't happen um but as far as as far as michigan's passing game in this one um i don't know what do you guys make of it mccarthy goes 18 for 34 208 yards um, you know, no, no interceptions. Uh, but yeah, this, this passing attack, it was, it was, we've been discussing it for much of the season. You know, Jim Harbaugh has defended it by saying you don't need, you, you run the ball until they stop you. Well, Illinois <laughs> at times stopped them, uh, you know, without quorum, without Edwards on the field, um, you know, Michigan going third and fourth stringers against an Illinois team that seemed, uh, loaded up to stop the run. Um, you'd think they needed to pass to win. And again, they did win. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It wasn't exactly, um, inspiring, uh, what you saw from Michigan through the air. Let, let's get this out of the way quickly. It was a winning day. It was okay. blustery. And I think that affected more the passing game than we maybe want to admit. It was a talking point after the game. JJ McCarthy mentioned it. Jim Harbaugh mentioned it. That being said, I'm not ready. I mean, we've seen enough of this offense in the passing game to, to you know, to to not use that as an excuse. I mean, their, their passing game just hasn't been very good. The receivers have not been very good, and, and you saw that again play out on Saturday. Yes, JJ had some ball sale on him. Yes, he wasn't the most accurate, but there were a few drop balls. I mean, the ball there was one that went through the hands of Andrew Anthony. There was one that went through the hands of, of Roman Wilson. Um, they're, they're the Isaiah Gash drop probably would have been a, t- or I mean, at least the first down could have been a possible touchdown too. Correct. And the fact that they're passing the ball to a fourth string running back at best tells me it kind of is an indictment on what the, how bad the passing game is, has. You got to lean on Isaiah Gash to do it in the passing game. You got problems. And, and I think that's part of the issue with Michigan right now. And we talked about it last week and we warned folks and everything else. They just aren't very good. The receivers aren't getting open. And when they do get open, they're not catching the ball. Um, so it, it certainly is a concern. Uh, especially if they don't have a Blake Corum or a healthy Blake Corum or a healthy Donovan Edwards, because they're going to have to lean on the passing game against Ohio State. Um, and that's exactly what the Buckeyes want to do. So uh, they got issues. I mean, I, I'm not putting this all in J.J. McCarthy. He could put a little more touch on his balls. He could be a little more accurate. Yes, the wind didn't help him out, but, man, these receivers, they got to do more. And I, I think that's where this, this, the issue, I think, starts. And if we're speaking about the elements, though, I mean, Illinois had had to deal with the same same conditions. And Tommy DeVito went out there and, and completed uh, 70% of his passes for 178 yards. He had some of his receivers go up. I know that one uh, on the sideline there uh, in, at some point in the game, I think it was Washington, went up and, and made a really nice grab near the sideline. So like, you, you don't see Michigan receivers doing that for, for their quarterback. I mean, another quiet day and – yeah, like I remember on that fourth down play, I'm like, why is Isaiah Gash lined out wide? What are we doing here? And then sure enough, I see him go in motion. I'm like, oh, is this just a gimmick or is he going to get the ball? And sure enough, he gets the ball to keep Michigan's undefeated season alive in, in the first down. But like, yeah, like if if you're rotating Gash and 
uh, Tavier Dunlop and CJ Stokes. And, and when you need to rely on your run game, it's probably not going to work out very well. Yes. It's important, important to point out Gash redeemed himself a little yes, bit with, did. <laughs> with, with, with that grab. I mean, listen, you could talk about uh, Michigan maybe saving, uh, not fully emptying the playbook. I mean, I think that's what Harbaugh's talking about a little bit too. You, you stick with ba- basic things until they stop those things, uh, you know, before you need to do these fancy forward passes. But uh, so maybe that's th- there are some there are some plays and schemes that are being saved for this coming Saturday against Ohio State. But you don't save, you know, things like accuracy and decision making. Like those <laughs> are always going to be you're going to try your best on those things. And, and that's where there were some problems. I mean, McCarthy at times in, in particular was, uh, you know, not hitting, not not throwing to the right guy. Probably when they're reviewing this tape, there there's going to be instances where you see you could have could have had potential you know, even touchdowns there late in the game and, and he chose to throw to someone else. Um, but then yes, he's not he's not really getting help from from receivers either. So uh yeah, it's it's troublesome, but um again, a, a major caveat here is is, you know, who who didn't play in this game, um, you know, who who played but then got hurt in this game. Uh, and that's cur- kind of where I want to go next, because spinning it forward towards Ohio State, that that's a huge storyline really for both sides. So uh yeah, what can you guys tell me about about that? Who didn't play, who played but got hurt and and here on Monday morning before talking to Jim Harbaugh, you know, what do we know? We've got different layers to this. So we'll start with the guys who did not play. Um Donovan Edwards did not suit up, did not play. Um that again that he, he didn't play in the second half of the game a week ago. Um that signals to me that something is serious with him. I would certainly probably uh, put his his status for Saturday in doubt. Um, now there were two guys that did not play that suited up. Luke Schoonmaker suited up. Mike Motor suited up. They went through pregame warmups. Um, didn't look like they were too going doing too much, and it's, it looked they looked more like game time decisions. And the decision was to help hold them out. So neither of those two played. Um, and then you've got the guy who everyone's talking about right now, Blake Corum. Um, did he did play? Obviously, he had a very good first quarter, first you know quarter and a half. And he goes down to injury. Um, it looked it was a left knee. We don't exactly know what happened. I don't know if he banged knees, if it's hyperextended. Um, we we don't know that point, but we do know at least according to Jim Harbaugh, X-rays were done at halftime. There was no structural damage, no break. He was ruled he could go back in and play. Now he went back in and played and played. He he got in two two plays, one one uh one carry, and the decision was to pull him. So. Um, I saw him yesterday and uh, Sunday afternoon in Ypsilanti giving out turkeys like he did last year. He looked to be limping. He had sweatpants on, so it was tough to tell if he had a brace on or anything else, but he was certainly favoring that left leg. Uh, we did talk to him briefly. He uh, he said very vaguely he will be back. He didn't <laughs> didn't say when, but he said he will be back. Uh, and then I did follow up and ask if he, if he, he was going to try and give it a go against Ohio State. And he said, quote, I will be there. So, again, you can take that for what it's worth, very vague. <laughs> Um, obviously, I think Michigan's going to want to see how the week plays out, uh, see how it kind of feels. Um, I'm certainly I'm going to assume he's going to take a few days off of it, not practice, but uh, Michigan certainly uh, got a lot going on uh, health wise going into Ohio State. Probably a yeah. good sign he was delivering those turkeys when all was said and done. I mean, I know it was a good deed that he looked forward to doing, but at the end of the day, it's about getting the turkeys to the families, right? And once he bought them. Someone else could have done it if need be, if he if he really needed to to stay off of that. So that is that is probably a good sign. But uh, yeah, it would certainly uh, help, if not be critical to Michigan's chances to have have him back and, and ready for that game. 
I'd say it's pretty critical to have any chance, but that's just me. <laughs> so yeah, so and and then the others. I mean, again, you want to be at like complete full strength uh, when you're going against a, a team like Ohio State, and you know Edwards. We we were talking about just before he got hurt. You know, two games ago about. Um, you know, what his kind of resurgence meant for this Michigan offense to have the the two-headed monster running back. And, you know, he, he certainly helps in the passing game as well. Um, and not, not to mention, you know, Schoonmaker. And then on the other side of the ball, Mike Morris, you know, arguably in some ways, you're your best defensive player. So, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of key pieces, but Ohio State's got some issues there uh, as well. So um, it really was, really was similar Saturdays for, for both programs as far as kind of getting getting a scare from uh from from their opponent and then you know having some injuries both um you know before the game and and then during it um leading up to to you know this this showdown so yeah they're both they're both 11 and 0 they're ranked uh you know 2 and 3 in the polls i would think uh, in Tuesday's college football playoff rankings that will hold as well uh with georgia number 1 um this is this is this is huge but i want to ask a question here it's something that Michigan fans don't exactly, you know, of course, don't want to happen. But you think Michigan can still get into this college football playoff with a loss to Ohio State? I, I do, but a lot would need to go right. I think Michigan would have to lose a close game, whether it's overtime, within a field goal, a couple points. And then you need you need some teams around you to lose. You need TCU to go down. You need USC to go down. And I think you need like LSU to go down because at this point, I think LSU is the, they're surging. I think they're the considered the, you know, the top two loss program. USC is surging. They're coming off a, a good win over, over UCLA. Uh, but you need some of those teams behind you to lose. So the committee doesn't feel enticed to say, Hey, you have a loss. Your strength of schedule wasn't great. Um, and and yep. these teams are playing better. So I, I think, uh, yes, it's possible. Um, I, I find it hard for, for, you know, for a scenario to, to you know, um, bring about itself for it to happen, but yeah, I do think it's possible. Uh, but the safest thing for Michigan to do is just just win. They got to win on Saturday, and that would I think secure their spot. Um, but yeah, I think anything's possible. Whenever you're one through you know eight going into the couple final couple of weeks of the season, if you're in a position to get a you know a, a good win and potentially play in your conference championship, I think you've got a shot. Um, so I think it's, it's on Michigan win and it's on Michigan. And if they, if they don't, I think they need the teams behind them to, to lose. Yeah. I don't think it's, it's crazy to think that, 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 that some of the teams you mentioned will lose though, moving forward. I mean, USC has Notre Dame this week and then would have the, the Pac-12 championship game. LSU is going to have to face Georgia, the number one team in the SEC championship. I think TCU will probably play Kansas state in the, uh, in the Big 12 title game. And I mean, they've, they've squeaked out a lot of wins this year. I mean, I still don't know, I know if they're an 11 0 team talent wise. And I guess the one team that really intrigues me, let's say all those teams do, do suffer loss and Michigan loses is, is Clemson. I know they, they haven't played a, a tough schedule, but they, they could still have one loss and be a conference champion too. So if they go on to, if, if, it's between Clemson and Michigan who who loses and doesn't play in the Big Ten Championship, but they have a close loss against Ohio State. Do they get in over a, a conference champion Clemson team that has played a pretty light schedule but kind of has that track record of, of being a perennial playoff contender? That would be uh, that would be pretty fascinating to me. But again, yeah, it, it, I guess one team was officially eliminated last week with with Tennessee going down, but still a lot would need to happen for for Michigan. Yeah, I, I think Michigan, too, that, 
so conference championships do matter. The committee has said mm-hmm. that as part of the resume and criteria that, that winning a conference does help your situation, especially if you're a power five conference. So yeah, if, if, you know, one of the, whether it's five through eight, they, they went out and go to their conference championship and win. Yeah. I think that's certainly going to look like a, a it's going to be a feather in your calf go up, going up against a potentially a one loss Michigan team that did not play in their conference championship. Sure. I, I, I don't know. I think, you know, there has to be four teams in this 14 playoff, right? And Georgia and Ohio State, if they if they beat Michigan, I, you know, are, are, are locks for that spot. And I'll even give you I'll give you TCU, you know, if, if they went out. But then that fourth spot, um, again, you need you really it's just comes down to USC, who, of course, easily could have lost, uh, you know, to, to UCLA on Saturday night. Um, you know, they they've got, yeah, two two tough games. So, um, you know, they 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 went out and win the Pac-12 championship, I think there's your four. Um, but if, if they don't, um, you know, they take a second loss that opens up that spot for, for Michigan to claim because, um, yeah, if, if Georgia take, if Georgia beats LSU that, you know, that gives LSU a third loss. And I, I just don't, I don't see Clemson just the way that game against Notre Dame went, um, the committee saying that this team is worthy of a playoff spot. If Michigan is, is close with Ohio state. So I think that's how you get, you know, you, you still get in, but, um, yes, you'd be certainly, uh, putting your, your fate in the hands of, of other teams, uh, in, around the country and, and the committee. So you'd rather just take care of business against Ohio state and, you know, we'll have plenty of coverage leading up to that game, but, you know, I, I guess I'd like to get your, you know, quick thoughts right away because mine are that there's no reason Michigan can't win this game. Uh, you know, you saw what you did last year and, uh, you know, much of Michigan's style of play is, is similar. Has Ohio State um, improved enough in their areas of weakness to to you know overcome that and and beat Michigan this year? While I agree with you, I, I think they're in trouble if Blake Corum and or Donovan Edwards do not play or not healthy. Yeah, um, and, and I think both of them are at least in the category of not being one hundred percent healthy. So uh, Michigan needs some type of ground attack. Yes, I, I agree. I think their offensive line is probably just as good. As last year, the running attack might be better than it was last year when healthy. Um, but if those two can't go or limited or just aren't what they usually are, Michigan's in trouble. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be have to lean on their passing game, which is what Ohio State wants them to do. It's gonna that plays right into what Ohio State wants to how they want to play. Um, Michigan can't get into a shootout with them. If they get into a shootout with Ohio State, I'm taking Ohio State's offense any any day at this point. Um, so we'll we'll see in, in the, the one. Variable here is this game is in Columbus. This is a place that I would venture to say 98, 99% of the Michigan roster has not been to. Uh, Columbus and the Horseshoe is a unique environment. The rivalry is a unique, unique experience. Um, this isn't going to Penn State. This is not going to Wisconsin or going to Nebraska. Some some great environments and, and fun places to play. Um, this is a different beast. And I don't I think some of the players maybe don't know what they're in for. So I, I think this isn't your typical road game. Uh, and that, I think, all in and of itself, I think Michigan is in trouble this week. Um, they need a healthy Blake Corman, Donovan Edwards, and I don't know if they're going to get it. Uh, and I, I think that's, at least that's where I stand at this point. Maybe my mind changes as the week goes on. You know, I'd mm-hmm. like to hear from Jim Harbaugh and some of the players. Um, but, you know, without Blake Corman, I, I think Michigan, in a way, they were one-dimensional before. Um, and I, I think they're, they're, they struggle without, without them. Uh, I think the key aspect that we might be overlooking a little bit too is is the loss of Luke Stumacher too. And in, in the two games, Michigan has now had to rely on 
three pretty inexperienced tight ends. And, and we know how much Michigan loves to run those two tight end sets. I mean, Colson Loveland was on the field for 72 of 76 offensive stat snaps on Saturday. And that he's a, he's a true freshman. I mean, he's been impressive this year, but that's a lot to ask out of a, a young kid to, uh, to fill those shoes. And then, I mean, you're, you're also rotating in a walk on and Max Bredesen and a converted offensive lineman and Joel Honingford as your kind of three tight ends there. I know Matthew Hibner got in a few snaps too, but um, yeah, that's the, the tight end room without Eric all and Luke Stumacher also is pretty bare. Um, so I mean, with it's, I, I know a lot of teams have injuries at this time of year, but it seems like with the key, guys Michigan is with could be without it's it's tough for me to find a scenario where they can win um but again yeah Ohio State's battling some injuries too and you you never really know in this rivalry but um if if these guys can't come back and play it's going to be very tough for them to uh to make it two straight uh Big Ten East rounds my confidence in Michigan winning this game which was you know it was it was I guess low basically as soon as last year's game ended knowing how the rosters were probably going to look going forward and and of course where the game was being played um kind of rose almost with each week of this season as as Michigan continued to you know show what it could do on both sides of the ball um but it took it did take a little dip certainly uh you know Saturday after mid afternoon but you know then Ohio State goes and and struggles a bit against Maryland. And, you know, you kind of just realize that, you know, both these teams are, are really, really good, but they're not, they're not great. There might not be that exceptional dominant team in college football this year, though. Maybe Georgia is that team, but uh, yeah, that, that this, this game is, is, you know, I think it sets up to be, to, to live up to the hype, you know, much, much like the 2006 game when they were both undefeated and, and, and ranked, you know, one and two in that year. You know, I, th- I think this has a chance to, to match the hype, but I agree the the available personnel will go a long way in uh, in determining that. Um, you know, we will have plenty more coverage of that game from from all angles. Uh, you know, leading up to uh, the noon kickoff in Columbus uh, on November twenty sixth. But uh, we do want to do a little uh, hockey and hoops talk here here to close it. Uh, I'll just say this for basketball. You know, they stunk it up against Arizona State um, in in Brooklyn in the championship of that legends classic. Um, you know, there are games like that in a college basketball season, 30 plus games. You're going to have some, most every team's going to have some duds, um, you know, where just nothing goes right. You know, some, some good looks aren't falling for you and basically everything's dropping for the other team. Um, not to, you know, excuse Michigan's effort, especially earlier in that game, early in that game. But, uh, still, you know, that's, uh, you're not going to put too much, uh, I guess concern in just one game, but you know their bounce back was was a little rocky too. You know, last night Sunday night at home against Ohio, um, you know they need overtime to to win. Um, you know, kind of a wild wild sequence to end regulation with. Um, you know, Ohio missing a shot that you think it, it dooms them, um, or you know that you think is 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 sending it to overtime only for them to commit a foul and Michigan to go ahead. Only for Ohio to throw a length of the court inbounds that hits off the hoop, um, and uh, you know then lands in the hands of a of, of an Ohio player who who eventually lays it in. Um, <laughs> Just how they drew it up. Yeah, pretty pretty wild. Um, you know, truly, many of us there did think it was going in. 
including Juwan Howard. He thought of it and he was hoping that it would because, you know, you, it does not count as a basket. Oh, as impressive as it is. Uh, so, so yeah, they, they end up winning, you know, in overtime. So, you know, credit to them for, for the way they played in the, in the final five minutes, but um, you know, some poor stretches uh, defensively and, and three point shooting starting to become an issue. Um, you know, they hit, they hit 10, um, you know, last night, which is a, a good number, um, you know, but out of 32 attempts and, and, you know, that number easily could have been, they could have made 15 or 20 of them if, if, if they made even, you know, half of, of the really open ones. So, um, yeah, certainly some, some concerns for this team, but, uh, Hunter Dickinson is not one of them. Just another monster game, 24 points, uh, 14 rebounds, uh, and, and yeah, really, really impressive. So as long you know, they needed, they need to build that, that, kind of help around him um as the season goes and they'll they'll certainly get opportunities to do so another one to do so uh against jackson state on wednesday night night before thanksgiving at home uh before the schedule toughens up virginia an undefeated team that's already secured uh you know two impressive wins um in las vegas against baylor and illinois um and then you know a kentucky team that's taken a couple losses but is still still very very talented so uh yeah that's that's uh that's the men's basketball report, and Zook, I know, you know the hockey team had some had some hardships this this past week. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I've had a, some days to kind of think about the the games and just the fact that they played this week or last week is just still kind of baffling to me, considering the the health situation that they have going on within the team. I mean, there, there's been uh, an illness that has really kind of hampered the team for a couple weeks now, and, and they had. A couple guys out, um, uh, including starting goalie Eric Portillo, uh, a couple weeks ago against Penn State. Um, but then this week, you, uh, and there was a, a Facebook post from a player's mom, um, kind of saying that that her son, who's on the hockey team, is is at U of M Hospital on a ventilator uh, with complications because of this illness that is kind of spread throughout the team. And it's like, oh my god, like, that's more than hockey right now. Like that's that's some serious stuff. Obviously, that no one can speak about it on on the team because of um, health regulations. But the fact, and then I, I get there on Thursday and see the lineup. I mean, they're missing six six guys, five regulars. They have their third string goalie skating around in in warmups is listed as a forward. It's like, what what are we doing here? Like, and they had to cancel practice this week, so it's like they're. I mean, they're obviously not up to speed on a lot of things. Head coach Brandon Arado was like, "Yeah, we didn't focus on hockey at all all week because he's dealing with parents and and this the health of the team." And it's like, well, like why are we why are uh, why are we playing the game? And I guess um, the Michigan health officials cleared Michigan to, to play both nights. Um, I, I don't know what the the parameters were to allow them to play. I, I reached out to. Uh, Daryl Conway, the kind of chief medical officer, chief health and welfare officer for the university, never got a response back to kind of like why Michigan was able to play because they were shorthanded both nights. And one of the players that played Thursday didn't play Friday because he came down with this this illness as well. So it's like, all right, it's still spreading throughout the team. How can you say that it's safe to play? But again, I'm not a doctor. I was, but I was shocked that they were able to play with the um how shorthanded they were. They did get two guys back 
on for Friday's game that didn't play Thursday. And one of them, I mean, Nolan Moyle actually talked to us after the game too. So props to him. I mean, but you could tell like he wasn't hundred percent. Coach said he lost like 13 pounds during the week. Um, so it's like, man, wait, what are we doing here? Like, I thought health, health and safety was the top priority. I know Michigan received a lot of criticism last year for not playing Western Michigan in the GLI. But, like, I mean, man, not being able to dress a full lineup and, and when not being able to practice all week and going up against the number two team in the country, that's a lot to ask. So, the hockey-wise, yeah, they, they they got, not surprisingly, they, they got swept, lost by three goals both games. Thursday's game, they, they were right in it, too, and only trailed by one heading into the third period. Um, they had to kill off a, a, another minute of a penalty, but they received a bench minor because the players were late getting to the bench, which made it a five-on-three to start the period. Minnesota scores pretty much right away and was able to to take the two-goal lead and was able to kind of be in control the rest of the game there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure missions are going to drop in the polls. They were number three. Um, probably going to drop a little bit after getting swept. But again, I don't think hockey was the, the biggest storyline this or last week. Yeah. I think we had, I think we, uh, the Ryan Zook, what are we doing here? Meter was at three this episode. And, and that is, I always say directly correlated to the quality of the episode. The more of those, the, the wilder, uh, things were in Michigan sports. So that's a good thing though. So not in the hockey case, of course, not not the kind of uh, thing we we want to be discussing by by any means. Um, so yeah, well, well, of course, you'll have continued updates on, on kind of the status of of, of that program uh, moving forward, um, and and of course, uh, continued coverage leading up to the game between Michigan and Ohio State this coming Saturday. That will be on mlive.com/slash/wolverines. Thank you for listening.